Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. John, I could do Eddie better. That'd be tougher to pull off. It's a great song. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Uh, we have something humorous. You're going to be able to pull that together for me for uh, that request I have for the Jurgen Press coming up at about 147, 148. All right. Each week, uh, we like to go down to Bakersfield, find out what's going on with the hockey team down there. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, who spent the last uh, several seasons in the National Hockey League on Todd McClellan's staff, is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. They're above 500. They've transitioned a bunch of young players in a lineup, and they split on this past weekend. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple different games uh, last week for your group, eh? Yeah, we uh, we were finishing up five games in nine nights, which was a lot for our team, um, just based on the early season schedule. And we went into Ontario uh, right after Thanksgiving and played a tough team in Ontario and came away with a 4-2 win uh we came back late at night and uh faced a really strong tucson team that was loaded for uh loaded for bear on saturday night and we weren't very good uh, at least not to the level that we're capable of playing and uh we lost the game that we deserved uh, everything we got in which was uh we didn't deserve to win the game that said there was lots of teachable moments for us on the weekend and uh, we had a good day off and a solid week of practice, and we're ready to play an early morning game tomorrow against Ontario. Uh, two important points for us. All right. Uh, and as is a byproduct of your role, uh, the personnel changes. Uh, as an example, you know, you played that game on a Friday night, and yes, Apollyarvi was in the lineup, and Cooper Marodi was being driven down from... Uh, um, Literally driven down from Anaheim to uh, yeah right and uh, lo and behold into Ontario and and so the switch off occurred and I guess the question I have for you I mean winger for center so that's a given and the fact is Marodi has been your number one offensive center so that's the good point just for the listeners out there because there was some criticism from some not and and I totally understand why Ken Hitchcock would want yes to pull Yarvey right away the team had only had one full practice but in the four games that you had for Paul Yarvey did he check all the boxes for you well this is what I would say about Yesse uh, number one he came down with an open mind which was which was great he came down with an open mind and uh, a very good attitude we had uh, a bunch of practices. We had a development week planned, which was great for him. Stuff that it's tough to do in the NHL, just based on the amount of games that are played. Well, down here, there's less games played, and, and you can spend uh, a good chunk of your practice time on developing these these young players. So, 
what we tried to do with Yesit was try and use every resource that we had within the organization. We had our skating coach here. So uh, Yesay was exposed to David Pelche on a daily basis to work on his skating. We had um, Dave Manson, who's a veteran of over a 1,000 NHL games, uh, working on the defensive side of the game with Yesay. Um, J.F. Rule had a real good, um, a real good uh, background of experience with Yesay in Bakersfield. He had a real good opinion and worked on some stuff offensively with, with Yesay. Um, you know, we put uh, our video coach to work down here. His name's Sam Kim. And, uh, you know, we made sure that, yes, it was seeing his shots on a, a daily basis. So we tried to collectively, as a coaching staff, use every tool that we had um, while, yes, it was down here. I thought, yes, while he was down in Bakersfield, was offensively competitive. He got his nose dirty on a nightly basis. He was able to uh, up his puck touches. He played 20 minutes a night, uh, five-on-five power play, four-on-four, uh, those types of different situations. And I thought uh, in the time that we, he was here, uh, he improved his, his puck confidence. He went to hard areas, and uh, I think he left feeling very good about himself, and I was happy for him. Well, he had a good game last night. He had that big engine going. Uh, Hitch had him in the top six last night on Nugent Hopkins' line. Yes, he made mistakes. That's what happens with young players. They make mistakes. Kyler Yamamoto. And I've already stated on the record uh, that I can remember part of the reason why the owners sent him down is they wanted him to, to build up some offensive confidence as well. Uh, you had Kyler last year at the start of the year. You know that he's a uh, quite a responsible young player. He's even spent time on the penalty kill. Uh, it's my belief that, you know, within the next two to three weeks, uh, we could see Kyler back in Edmonton just because of how it's going for some other forwards as well. But maybe just give an update on what you're seeing out of Kyler right now. Well, I, th- I thought uh, Kyler's a very trusted player um, on every team that he plays for because he said, as you mentioned, he's he's conscientious uh, in terms of his positioning. He understands um, tactics and concepts. Uh, what I I've liked about Kyler's game is that we challenged him right off the bat to be a little bit more selfish with the chances um, that he has to shoot the puck. Uh, shooting to break uh, another team down. Shooting to create opportunity for other players um, instead of being a pass-first only option. And um, you know, I thought the game in Ontario was uh, a step forward in Kyler's progress. He got in, in behind uh, Ontario's defense uh, on numerous occasions. He was slippery and competitive against a tough team. And uh, while he didn't convert on all of his opportunities, he did create and makes plays. He has good stick. He's trusted. And like yesterday, he's been put in situations where he's playing upwards of 18, 19, 20 minutes a night. Um, so I think uh, he's, he's ready to take an offensive step here heading into the game tomorrow against Ontario. Um, like I said, he's he's another one of these young men that's uh, benefited from uh, the amount of practice time that we've had here, and we've challenged him and uh, looking forward for him to take a step. Jay, you had uh, Marodi centering Hebig and Benson. I- I'm just wondering, did Hebig and Benson get less minutes because Paul Yarby and Yama went down there and played a bunch, or did they still basically play the same amount of minutes here over the last couple of weeks? 
Well, I think both of those players are are very important players to what we have going on down here in Bakersfield. Um, they've played a lot of minutes throughout the season. Uh, when Jesse and Tyler came, came to our team and us losing Cooper and Patrick Russell, that forced us uh, to reconfigure a few lines. When Cooper came back into the mix, we thought it would be a good idea to put our kid line back together just based on the amount of um, offensive, uh, the amount of production offensively from that unit uh, throughout, you know, our first 16 games has been a real good one. So we're going to stick stick with that kid line of Benson, Marodi, and Hebig um, with uh, with Yamo and Yessi. Um, you know, we tried to find uh, the right fit for them. When Yessi was here, he was playing alongside uh, Benson and Curry because they had some chemistry. Um, that, that looked good. We've, uh, we've experimented with Yamamoto, with Malone and Gambardella, two very good players yep. for us here. And, uh, you know, the good thing is that those are first-world problems. When you're trying to fit really good players into um, a lineup that's going, uh, that's a good problem for a coaching staff to have, and it's our job uh, to recognize who is going and uh, what players show chemistry with each other. And, and so far, so good. We like our mix. Jay Woodcroft's the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers now. Jay, the players are always the first to know. They're the first to know whether or not a guy can play or whether or not he can't play, and they know the lay of the land. So when players know that there's a priority for guys like uh, a Pugliarvi when he's down there, or Yamamoto or Hebig or Benson or Marodi moving forward, you got to have good veterans to, to, to be able to handle that. So i, I got to ask you, I mean, Brad Malone, uh, Ryan Stanton, Keegan Lowe. I mean, you got the three young defensemen down there. We're going to talk about those three in a second. But just a thought on the importance of those guys carrying the right attitude as well. Well, for us, um, there's a lot of really good storylines through our first two months of the season down here in Bakersfield. But one of the the most enjoyable um uh, experiences for our coaching staff has been to see this group come together uh, to really fight for each other, to play for each other, to um, beyond superficial uh, caring. We're talking about guys that um, enjoy when other people have success on the team. Uh, they do little things to help other players succeed. There is a real deep-rooted sense of care for each other down here. And that uh, begins with that veteran leadership group that you mentioned. Um, we've been blessed with some real good vets. Uh, as you, you mentioned, it starts with Keegan Lowe, our captain. Josh Curry's an assistant. Brad Malone has played his butt off all season and has been a good example. Uh, and then it's that secondary level of leadership. Guys like Stanton, Gambardella, Patrick Russell, who's now up with the Oilers, they've shown the way. Uh, they've been unselfish in so many different ways uh, to help acclimate and assimilate uh, young players into our, our lineup. Um, just very, very proud of our group. And like I said, it wouldn't happen without that type of leadership. Uh, we're lucky that we have them. All right. So you got the three young D. Um and we, well, you know, we get asked literally every week. We get texts on our Heartland Ford text line about, you know, Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear. But I get the sense this year, 
a couple of the storylines have been William Lagason as well as Caleb Jones. Yeah, well, let's start with Ethan. I think one of the the most um, common questions that I get is that as well. And, and I would say that um, since Ethan has returned from injury at the beginning of November, the team is 6-3. and three. So it, it's been a good month, and he's been a huge uh, factor in that success in that he moves pucks. Um, he has a poise and experience level about him at the offensive blue line. He gets his shot through. Um, I like how he works with his partner, and he's been paired with Keegan Lowell for the last little while. I like the way they work together, the way they communicate. Um, he's been a steadying force and a big reason why we're 6-3 and three in the month of November. When it comes to William Lagson, William is uh, under-the-radar um, type of guy. Uh, He's not uh, someone who uh, rushes or transports a puck from one end to the other. His game is one of subtlety, one of heaviness, one of um, unheralded plays that help teams win. He's strong in our blue paint. He moves pucks. He has uh, an offensive upside to his game, but the offense that he creates is from a good first pass or getting shots through um, from the point. It's not a flashy type of offensive game. For us, Caleb Jones has been an absolute rock on the back end. He's uh, he's someone who has shown a real maturity and growth in his game over the, the two months that uh, we've been together as a team here in Bakersfield. But I would trace it back even farther. I would say it started in day one in rookie camp. Um, he's skating well. He's playing big minutes. We've asked him to take on more of a defensive responsibility. We've explained uh, to him um, how a chance ledger works at the end of an evening, um, meaning uh, we want the chances for to greatly outnumber the chances against, and we're not willing to trade chance for for chance against. Um, And as a result, his decision-making with the puck and his understanding that he doesn't need to break a game open on every shift has been uh, greatly improved. He's been a real rock for us, and for a young guy to play his offside the way he does, um, he's a real good player. Well, and that's an important distinction there. So Caleb Jones playing on the right side. The Oilers have Ethan Bear, who's a right shot. They have Joel Persson, who's playing over in Sweden and having a good year. And they also have Evan Bouchard. So people say, hey, they got to get a right shot puck mover at some point. They might have a couple being transitioned in. Jay, good luck tomorrow against Ontario, and we'll hook up next week. I appreciate it, Bob. Have a great day. You bet. That is Jay Woodcroft, head coach, Bakersfield Condors. We want to mention the best pizza in the city. Still making it great. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. What do you think, Brendan? You ready to have a little bit of fun? Let's do it. All right. So one of the things that's a bummer for me is that Champions League soccer is not on over-the-air TV. It's on, what's that thing called? Dazen or Dazon or? Dazone. Dazone. Yeah, it's on. And I don't have, yeah, do you have that? I did, and I am no longer a subscriber because I was very frustrated with their service. Okay. So anyways, uh, but... Prior to today's matchup between Liverpool, who played last year in the final against Real Madrid, Liverpool and PSG, and PSG is uh, the dominant team in France. They have Neymar, they have Mbappe. 
prior to that game, there was a humorous exchange uh, with Jurgen Klopp. Uh, he is the manager of Liverpool. He's a, a very bright guy. Uh, he has a thing called the Gagan Press. Liverpool plays the most aggressive soccer in um, the uh, English Premier League right now. Real up-tempo attack style. And as you can tell from this audio portion, he's not afraid to have a little bit of fun. This was from the media availability prior to today's game between uh, Liverpool and PSG. Check this out. So it's a very important game tomorrow. How are you going to play against Paris tomorrow? Very erotic voice, by the way, the translator. <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. Again, please. <laughs> 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 oh man, that is I guess it was from yesterday. That is funny. Like that's a funny, funny thing. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> Nothing like make it light. I mean it's just you're playing one of the richest teams on the planet, PSG. You know, they they bought Neymar. You know they got money when they buy Neymar away from Barcelona. Uh they got Mabapi as well. Uh, I think they got is it uh Cavani or Cavini, that's the other guy. They got like this three-headed monster, wicked attack. Um, they play in a weaker league, but that was a funny, funny exchange. <laughs> you have a very erotic voice. Alrighty. You can text us at 6.30, Uh Bob out of Grand Prairie, why is Peter Shirelli not trying Caleb Jones out as our number five or number six defenseman? Are Garrison and Gravel better? I think you could foresee a time that Again, I, I personally, I look at the forward units, and I think it's inevitable that the Edmonton Oilers are going to recall Connor Yamamoto at some stage over the next three weeks. There's another variable on defense. Who's coming back in the next three to four weeks? Sekera. And uh, I think he's going to get some time down in the minors, maybe a week to ten days on a conditioning stint, get some games in. And if they can get Sekera to... I mean, maybe he starts as a third-pairing guy and works into a top-four spot. I don't know if that's possible. I, I'm going to pose that question right now in our Heartland Ford text line at 6.30, 6.30. Do you think Andre Sekera could get back to being a top-four defenseman? Two years ago, he was the Oilers no worse than their number-two defenseman in the playoff year. And that's it's just been bad luck with Sekera. I mean, he gets the knee injury. Uh, who hit him? Was it Getzlaff got a piece of him in the Anaheim series in Game 5? People forget that. Right? He got hurt in Game 5 of that series. And the Oilers squandered that 3 nothing league. That was an important player for Edmonton. Because, I mean, Andre Secker is now 32 years of age. Do you think he could ever get back to being a top-four defenseman? Torn ACL and then blown Achilles. Could he ever get it back? Because last season, he was not a top-four defenseman when he played. But this year, I get the sense that maybe they're going to handle him a little bit differently and get him some games down in Bakersfield. So I'd like to know what you think. You can text us at 6.30, Dwayne says, hey, Bob, we need a one-timer from uh, the left side just watching our power play last night. Yeah, right shot over on the left side, half circle from Dwayne. Yep, in time. Might be a couple options here in time. 
And the last thing fans in Edmonton want to listen to, patience. So I get it. I get it. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group package with New West Travel. Your vacation package. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. What do you got, Brendan? On this day, Bob, in 1988, Craig McTavish had a goal and three assists, and Jimmy Carson had a pair of goals as the Oilers win 7-4 in Quebec. Bill Ramford got the win between the pipes. Jimmy Carson had a big year in 1988-89, but uh, didn't do much against the Kings in the playoffs, as I recall, as the Oilers blew a three-game to one lead. But you know what? The next year... Winnipeg blew a 3-1 lead, and the Oilers went on to the Stanley Cup final and claimed championship number five. All right. Uh, coming up tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, we'll have a preview of the Oilers' encounter against the Los Angeles Kings. Two of your favorite guests are going to do the show. Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and also from Sportsnet, Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Uh, stay tuned. we got something coming down the pipe at 155, so we got to get out a little bit early today. Up next, a news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen and I and Andrew Gross. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.